Welcome to another episode of Heroes and a podcast where we talk about heroes and comics, movies, TV shows, and still not being able to find a Green Ranger variant cover. Uh, still bothers me. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to talk about it. My name is Andy. And I'm Cody. And for today's episode, we are talking about heroes and over-the-top action set pieces. But before we get into that, we just want to lay out some stuff you might have missed. You know, some news that you may care about. You know, things you may be interested in, <laughs> things of that nature. You get what I'm saying, Andy? I think I get it. I like the, I like the long explanation <laughs> a, of that. You know, not everybody may understand, so <laughs> just try to make sure that we're being clear and concise. <laughs> we get it. We get it's, it. It's stuff that you might have. Like, there's a chance you've heard of it. But just in case you but missed it. But if you it. haven't, I can't believe I'm still dragging out this All joke. Right. Anyway, uh, so... There's a there's a Pete's Dragon reboot happening. Uh, this this is really just stuff I missed, Could not you? necessarily stuff that you guys may miss. And I don't even know if it like I don't even know if it belongs on this podcast. It has a dragon though. It has a dragon. <laughs> so you're in it. And I loved the Pete's Dragon like original yes. movie that came out back in 1977. Yes, which is like years before I was like I don't yeah. even know how I saw it but uh and it's probably a little bit like probably because it had a dragon in it. probably <laughs> because it had a dragon it was an animated dragon too but uh yeah so that's coming out uh this year and uh, I think in August that just, that poster just popped up on my news feed on Facebook is. this week and I was like what the there it is. Why did nobody? Why didn't you guys? Say, who knew about this? Yeah, no, no one. Uh, no no one. <laughs> <just> <laughs> uh, another thing you might have missed is that there uh, is that Marvel announced a um, five-part miniseries coming out this June. It's uh, it's be it's a crossover between Deadpool and Gambit. So uh, everyone is on the Deadpool train right now. So makes sense that Marvel. Um, you know, is trying to use him and put him as many comics as possible. So uh, he's going to have a comic with Gambit. Again, it's a five-part issue uh, series, and that'll be out in June. Next thing we have is that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has begun filming. Yes. And it's not it's still not due out till May 5th, 2017. So, you know, don't get too excited. Just know that the beginning of it as like it's officially rolling you know yes. uh they released the first cast photo which is a pretty cool silhouette of all of our guardians yep and you see in that a little silhouette of a little baby group there uh, perched yep. up on drax's shoulders so that's yep. kind of cute and uh, it's pretty adorable yeah. so uh you know just I'm excited. I hope he dances again, personally. <laughs> I just hope we see little baby Groot doing some more dancing uh, because that was really funny. Last thing we want to talk to you guys about is that they casted Rita Repulsa for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Uh, that's going to be played by Elizabeth Banks. And so I, I think I, I'm super excited for that. You guys know how much I love Power Rangers. And so uh, I'm excited about that uh, that movie that you know should come out. Uh, here soon but I, i'm just excited that they casted rita repulsa and i think it's going to be good i think she's going to do a great job with that all right so that is all of the stuff that you might have missed that we have for you today as i said earlier today's episode we are talking about heroes and over-the-top action set pieces i don't know necessarily when it happened but there was there came a point recently probably within the last 15 years or so that movies just started having these borderline ridiculous <laughs> like I feel, I feel like they've gotten more and more ridiculous as time has gone on uh but 
they've started having these these action set pieces that are getting more and more crazy and bigger and more explosions mm-hmm. and more Michael Bay, you know, inspired. <laughs> and so we're just wondering, like, when did that become a thing? Why in why in today's age do we have to have these these big over the top action set pieces play out on screen? Yeah, I think um, when we're talking about this and this topic, I think one of the things we need to understand is, you know, is it is it a culture thing? You kind of you kind of ask that question. It's just something that we just as a culture, as just a country, just people group. Are we just kind of like, do we see violence a lot that it's just like, you know, it's not that big of a deal, you know, so, that like, you know, we can see violence on a normal, you know, everyday basis. And then so these over the top action, you know, set pieces like, you know, that's it's kind of just standard now. Like, I don't I mean, I, I don't I don't know if that's where we are like if that's necessarily the reasoning behind yeah. it is is it a thing where we're just desensitized to you know to destruction and so the, the only way to get us to understand it is to is to you know take it bigger and and you know louder and more teeth i mean exactly i don't you know i don't know i think when, when we're unpacking that that question one thing we have to understand is um what kind of what you know we're we're really when we're watching these movies or in, or in tv shows whatever it's like um one thing we have to understand is that there's a you know a story that's being told and that there's a uh, a genre that we're we're checking into you know so most of the time these action set pieces that we're that we you know over the top action set pieces that we're seeing we we're only finding those in the action adventure superhero genre you know and so i think i think one thing is okay the genre that we're choosing to watch we're we're going to be exposed to to some degree destruction of a town you know violence like I, you know what i'm saying like we're not going to see any of that in a rom-com like we're, we're not gonna we're Maybe, gonna, i mean you, you could <laughs> we could i mean uh. i don't i don't know how that would work out but um so i think i think one thing we have to understand is like, okay the genre that we're choosing to watch that's just what we're gonna that's just what we're gonna see to some degree is we're gonna see these action set pieces um that unfortunately as time goes on yeah kind of cody like they to some degree, they might just have to outdo the one beforehand. Like mm-hmm. that might just have to be a thing that, unfortunately, you know. Or else, why would someone watch this movie, or why would someone watch this TV show or this next season if they don't try to outdo themselves? Right. You know what I'm saying. And I, I, I get that because you know, like we have you thinking of the Marvel movies, you know, in particular, we like we see in uh in the Avengers where. There's, you know, this Loki brings this threat and, you know, and he brings these aliens to attack and they level most of, you know, uh, most of the city of New York, yeah. you know, or at least they do a lot of severe damage to the city of New York. Mm-hmm. So then the the threat for Avengers 2 automatically or, it, you know, it's understandable to think the threat for Avengers 2 has to be bigger than that, you know, has to be badder than that, has to top that in some way. Yeah. And so it, it, I wonder if it's just going to put us on this vicious cycle of like always, you know, kind of trumping that. And again, with the Marvel movies, I even think of uh, of like with Cap, the first Captain America movie is considered to be very slow. 
yeah. compared <laughs> compared to the rest of them. That's true. You know, like it's and I would argue that at least compared, you know, compared to some of the other action set pieces in these Marvel movies mm-hmm. specifically, uh, it doesn't have as ones that are as big. Yeah, and you know, and the drama with that one's a little bit at least. I mean, there's action, but it's more of like just you know actual like fist fighting or gunfighting, yeah, and less explosions. And then you know we see in Cap Two, which is arguably the best, yeah, one of the, at least one of the best movies or Marvel movies so far. Yeah, uh, I still think Iron Man Three is better, but you know whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, so that w- we see in that one, the you know there's helicarriers falling out of the sky and triskelions getting destroyed, and I wonder if. Some of the reason that we we, uh, we value Captain America Winter Soldier more is just because of the the action, you know? Yeah. Which, go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say, because the whole Captain America thing actually made me think uh, the first Iron Man movie, um, that's one of my biggest complaints about it, for some reason, uh, is that I think they spend too much time in the cave. Like, I think that that part yeah. of the, i think that part of the movie is um it's just it's just kind of prolonged it doesn't need to be that long necessarily and um but it's funny that you said that because yeah the, the first i i don't know too many people who really liked the first captain america movie and I, they mm-hmm. would say because it was slow it was boring you know and so that's i just i'm thinking right now to myself like oh yeah that's the reason why the first Iron Man isn't necessarily my favorite, you know, because you the, want more Iron Man. I want as him Iron Man, in the like suit, yeah, red exactly. and gold, or at least the silver one. Exactly, like, you just I, want more of him fighting, exactly, and I, less of him learning how to be a good person. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, I, I yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, because you you really do see the humane the, side of the Tony transformation. Stark. Yeah, that's yeah, true. From being weapons builder, <laughs> and weapons manufacturer, to being you know, so maybe I privatized like world peace. <laughs> Maybe that movie's underrated as well. No, um. So yeah, I think I think we, again, the danger is that they're just gonna have to outdo themselves, and um, it's kind of interesting that you you said that you know from the first Captain America then to the second Captain America, and you know from the Iron Man movies, you know what we see there. Um, this is a little like sidebar, kind of off topic maybe, but. I was just watching the latest um, Mission Impossible movie, mm-hmm. uh, Rogue Nation, again, and I was watching some of the extras and the behind-the-scenes stuff, and they were just, t- you know, they talked about the scene, the opening scene, and I don't know how many of you guys have seen the movie, um, but the opening scene scene is pretty incredible, and um, it's all Tom Cruise. Like, what you see Tom Cruise doing on that, he's hanging on the side of a plane as it's taking off well, thanks for spoiling that for that's me. really it was in the trailer it was uh, <laughs> they also um, had a little you know thing for it before like every movie for yeah like, last I, summer sorry anyway um but they <laughs> but that was really him and so uh they they filmed that eight times trying to get it right and the, what what stood out was the director and the uh one of the writers was saying that every mission impossible movie has a an iconic scene or stunt and so they they were faced with a similar challenge for this next movie was, you know, what's going to be their scene? What's going to be the scene that everyone remembers from this movie? And so I think movies are kind of they're in that cycle where maybe they don't maybe they, they don't have to outdo themselves or maybe they don't have to blow up a bigger city. 
or something like that, you know, but mm-hmm. they do have to bring something to the table that's going to, you know, that the audience, the viewers are going to be like, wow, like that scene was, you know, incredible. That's going to take, you know, um, that's really going to stick with them. And I think that's what, I think that's what, you know, these producers and directors and studios are just trying to do. But I would argue that at least like thinking through personally, that most of the time my favorite scenes or my favorite parts of movies aren't the action set pieces necessarily. Like personally, I, I feel like it's it's more of the character drama, you know, yeah. of or just seeing seeing these these relationships, romantic or otherwise, yeah, you know, yeah. uh dived into. You know, like I don't think of I don't think of the the fi- or the the battle, you know, within uh for the battle between Hydra and you know and Cap and his team and Winter Soldier. No. You know, like the Hell Carriers coming down, like that's not the moment that you think of when mm-hmm. you think of your favorite part of the movie, and I would argue that that's the case with uh, with most movies. I mean, even Pacific Rim, <laughs> which I've talked about before, like that that whole movie is that whole movie is you know just monsters fighting robots. But even still, like as cool as all that stuff is, I would take watching the you know watching the the scene with Idris, Idris Elba's character, mm-hmm. you know the speech that he gives. Yeah, uh, I would take that over any over anything, which makes me wonder what's like. Why do the Mission Impossible, you know, uh, like creative team mm-hmm. think that they have to top the? And it's, it's also I haven't seen that movie, but it's funny that you said that like they have to think of their stunt and they do it in the first like the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. I was I, like, you should you, are, you put it there. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like you maybe maybe you just don't call it that. Yeah. But anyway, so that's you know. But I I do think point. I do think like what you were saying is that like you brought Pacific Rim and you thought about like you know even though the concept and the premise is you know these big robot suits versus these you know monsters that are invading earth um you were saying that there's a for you though that there's still value in the story that's being told and the relationships and the characters i do think though i think the argument can be made that um that sometimes what you do what you want in a movie is just is just the action I mean, I agree with that. You Don't know get me what I'm wrong. I, and I think there's definitely a market for that. I mean, we've how many Fast and the Furious movies are there now? There is a story being told <laughs> in those movies, contrary to what the world thinks. Uh, they're not just raising for all oh, Andy, eight Andy, movies. Andy, Andy, come! <laughs> shots fired. I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. I I, lo- I love that movie franchise. I okay, put, I'll so, put it out let's, there. Let's talk about there. that franchise then for a little bit. Because, and granted, I don't think like the last one I saw was the one in Rio de Janeiro. Okay, I think. So the, the Fast and Furious, like the fourth one, I I don't know. You even the know. Fast. The, sometimes they drop the the, <laughs> and some, sometimes there's the and the the Fast and the Furious, and so it gets a little confusing for for an uninitiated uh, nitro junkie like me. <laughs> but that whole franchise is yeah. le- is has lended itself to being these you know really just and it's got more and more ridiculous as they go it on right has. It okay because at first like i've seen the first one and i pretty much remember like the cars pretty much stay on the ground the whole time yes and there's not like you know there's there's just not cars jumping from one building to another building yeah you know but uh like that whole franchise is kind of built up and it's they are successful i'm not arguing no one's arguing that they're not successful you know uh but 
the, that whole franchise is kind of built on just buckling yourself in for a, an action, you know, ride. And yeah. so here's my rebuttal. Okay. <laughs> and I can't believe we're talking about Fast and Furious on the podcast. I'm, I'm, I think I'm actually more surprised about that than the wrestling stuff that's been coming up lately. Um, but I really, that the story that's being told with, with Fast and Furious and that franchise um it started off kind of like as a cop movie which is kind of funny to think because yeah. you know paul walker's character is a detective and he's on the cover uh, but then what we see is uh throughout um as the movies come you know continue and you, you go you go further into the franchise you really begin to explore the uh, really the depth of this family that is formed between you know paul walker and vin diesel and, and the you know really the supporting cast at that point um and it's some of it is silly some of it's over the top but kind of like you and pacific rim like why i watch those movies is not for the car scenes it's not because i want to see a car race it's because i want to see what happens with with these characters and what happened mm-hmm. okay where the where does this relationship go now okay oh this person we thought this person was dead but they're not you know come to find out she's you know this person's still alive how does that play out um and so that's where it gets people i think why people watch those movies and why they sell and make as much money as they do is because to some degree there's still a pretty good decent storyline being told um now granted you know if you're a smart movie watcher and you just need that story and you just need you know for it to be mostly believable that you know what i'm saying like you're gonna have a hard time with those movies um and i'll say it I, i'm not trying to make an argument for that but um there is a pretty good storyline i think being told there i get i will say also in defense of fast and furious that third one was the weakest one in the whole franchise so if you were if you were like okay the first one was the first one was good second one okay not bad if you went to see a third one, you you trust me, the world was disappointed with the third <laughs> one. So you're not you're not alone. But that's why that fourth one, the one that you saw, I think that's the one. Was the Rock in it or the Rock? The was, Rock was in it. Okay, so you saw the fifth one. You saw Fast Five, which, yeah. in my opinion, is the best one in the franchise. <laughs> so they topped nuts. out. So I shouldn't keep no, going. No, 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 no. They didn't top out. But I really, th- I do think the fifth one was uh, Andy. Just the as best a, one. You know, ra- random bit of advice. This is again off topic, but you you don't want to. Pref- I've learned per- like trying to defend Jurassic Park three and trying to say I know that it's the worst one, but it's worth it. That's not the way you want to. Pre- like, I'm saying the third Fast the, and Furious is the worst one. You can skip it. No, I mean, to I, some degree, you don't need to see, see it. You don't want to talk about it. Like <laughs> you, you don't want to say there's I'm a being, movie in my favorite in one of my favorite franchises that you could skip. You no, know? I'm being real with you guys, listeners. It becomes, go, it becomes laundry television, <laughs> and that's a that's an Oscar Cortez uh, that's an Oscar Cortez kind of uh, movie idea. idea. So, uh, uh, but anyway, so but it, what you were talking about with uh, with Fast and the Furious is that. Is that there's an overarching kind of storyline, yeah. you know, uh, and and that's running between amongst all of these these action set pieces and these cars jumping through buildings and Vin Diesel <laughs> and Vin Diesel air tackling people. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And so, uh, so, but I I think like thinking that through, you know, uh, and and thinking back to to the movies of the 80s and 90s, you know, where we have sci-fi movies and you know like the the genre kind of mm-hmm. you know at least a, a variation of the superhero you know uh genre existed and i think of like et you know mm-hmm. in et uh, and i 
you know, kind of somewhat recently just watched this again for the first time since I was a kid. And in that, there's there's so much like your your heartstrings are pulled on so much when you're experiencing the you know the moments between Elliot and E. T. when you know the the government shows up and they they kind of put him in quarantine mm-hmm. and there's you know and E. T. and Elliot's you know life balances you mm-hmm. know are, are linked and and you really start to care and start to get emotionally you know you're emotionally invested and wrapped up in in like is E. T. gonna live is Elliot gonna live you know, you, you want both of them to make it, but you're starting to wonder if, if one of them is or is not. Uh, and that's, you're, 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 you care about them despite them getting blown up or, <laughs> or thinking that one of them actually died in a, an explosion or, yeah. or anything of that nature. And so I think that there is a way to, you know, we see through that and we see, you know, through other, other movies, you know, of the time that you can have a story where where it, we get invested in the characters and we understand the threat of of you know that is looming mm-hmm. without it taking Ultron to lift. L- lifting up oh. a whole entire city yeah. out of the earth yeah to drop to then drop it back down to you know as a crater as <laughs> as an asteroid yeah, yeah, you yeah. know to to reignite the you know killed the dinosaurs you know <laughs> so i i wonder like you know is the is the threat does the threat need to be made clear through the action set pieces or would we prefer to have a storyline you know and and more of a of a of a relationship study or a character study you know, to explain the, you know, or at least drive up the the conflict and the tension in what we're fighting for. Yeah, I think that's the balance. I think every writer, producer, director, um, movie studio, I think that's the balance that they have to uh, find. And that's that's the line that they're trying to walk is, okay, do we want to do, we want to spend more time on the story or do we want to... spend more time on the action now i think for movie studios um i've never worked for one it's not like i haven't necessarily experienced nope. in that yep i haven't surprised i haven't <laughs> News to um, me. <laughs> i think that uh, i think for the movie studios their biggest concern is to make a profit that I, I, I mean, mean, yeah, it's a business. Yeah, it's, it's a business. That's what so they're they, out to do. I get that. They want to make they want to make money, and they want to make as much as they can of it. And so, for them, maybe for movie studios, they don't necessarily care about the accuracy of these characters. Um, if they're true to the source material, um, if if you spend time developing a relationship, if you have this fight scene, um, I think that's why we we kind of see. Um, some of these reboots that we've seen recently, I think part of that is because movie studios didn't do it right the first time. And so they didn't care so much about the source material or the accuracy of the characters and the genre and the, you know, and so they're, they're just think, Oh, we just throw in this logo or we just throw in this character. Like people are just going to come are just going to come and they're going to love it, you know? But I think every, you know, geek fan, every, you know, Harry Potter fan, every Marvel fan, all these guys, we want to see our characters, you know, done right. And so I think 
you really have to find you have to find that balance of we want to you want to make sure you're telling a good story. I think that's a given. You want to make sure these characters are being developed. You know that there's a over. You know the the story is being told from beginning to end, and we can connect all the dots. And I think the action set pieces, the fight scenes, that kind of stuff, the action, um, that should almost be, ironically enough, almost like that should give the audience a moment to recap and 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 take in all the story that's being told. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like I think it should be almost like a, ironically, it should be a breath of fresh air. As you're, if you're, you know, for like Captain America Winter Soldier, you know, like there's a pretty good storyline being told there. There's a pretty yeah. good, like, you know, spy type, you know, government a story being told there, you know. So you want to make sure that all these plot points that are important, everything that you're trying to connect from the first Captain America to this one, and how all this is still part of a bigger picture. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think you the way you space that out and not have an information overload is you put in an action set piece maybe where you here. can almost check out a little bit a little bit you can just kind of like mentally you don't need a lot of mental power to watch a fight scene you know what i'm saying so maybe you're you're at that point you can just watch okay this is this person's trying to get into this building so then they can get this information this piece of paper this they can you know, get this file, you know what I'm saying? For this, again, going back to the story, you know? And so, um, I think, I think the balance has to be done there. Um, but Cody, I think one thing that you kind of mentioned about the whole ET thing and, you know, about the, the, the value of that story being told and there was no need for an action set piece or, you know, anything like that there. I mean, the big, the action set piece in that is done on bicycles. I, I know. Like, like this is this is where we we've come from bicycles and kids on bikes doing cool jumps you know yeah and BMX action to <laughs> to you know you know thinking like even Star Wars like yeah you know this this uh, you know this massive you know system destroying weapon you yeah know? like that's the killing planets killing planets uh, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. and you know like and granted I mean Star Wars did the first Star Wars come out with. Yeah, before et after et anyway it was yeah. about the same time yeah. anyway it was just thinking through you know like the we've that's what we started with bmx bikes and we're and we're now you know like this is where we are this is where we're at i think i, I think a huge piece of this of, of this question of this you know topic for today that we're talking about that we haven't talked yet about and that's the technology you know i think where we are with yeah, with movies and with special effects and with the computers and the cameras, that even the cameras that we're using and what we can do, what we can put on film, I think that kind of stuff, man, is that's incredible. It's you know, it's it's absolutely amazing what we can do now. And so I think like we, you know, there's been there's been TV shows and movies done of Spider Man and Captain America and the Fantastic Four and even Batman that for their time we're, we're fine but we look back at them when we we kind of like that was so cheesy <laughs> you know like that was so you can tell like that's so fake like you can tell like he's not really climbing on that wall or you know what i'm saying like you can yeah. just tell like oh like that's not done right but i think that the, the technology that we have today allows us to have some of those big action set pieces that um, I think it's a good thing, you know. I think it's a good thing. Is there? I mean, um, is there an example of necessarily like a, a of 
um, of all this being done, you know, wrong, maybe in your eyes? Like, do you have Cody like, yeah, the technology was there, but it's just it was still just a crappy movie. Like, it was just still a bad movie that is not worth your time. Is there something that? Well, I, I think just the issue, the issue, I guess, lies in, you know, and like you said earlier, there's a balance between telling a story and, you know, developing characters. Yeah versus uh you know having too much action and mm-hmm. and you know i i joked i joked at, at you know i joked about him earlier but thinking of like michael bay's uh you know transformers movies yeah to where it's like the you know the it, it at least after the first one yeah I, I think the first one is a good balance of you know of characters and do you want to get in the car I, you, aren't <laughs> you gonna wish you got in the car that's such, I love that movie. I really do. I can I can pop in that movie and just watch like almost any time. Like I really enjoy that movie a lot. It's good. It's yeah. good. I'm not arguing that. It's one of my favorite rides, Universal. Uh, but uh, so then we have you know like then in the later in the third ones and you know and fourth ones where it's like the you know thinking th- I was it, which one was the the last one yeah Transformers the, four the Age of of uh, extinction Age of Extinction yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, they try. I think they tried in that to do a you know the storyline with, with uh, like the makers you yeah. know of of these transformers you know which isn't something that had been done you know so far in mm-hmm. any in any of the movies existing or if I understand correctly in any of the you know quote unquote canon you know yeah uh, and where like in the transformers show from mm-hmm. you know from before uh, you know the the that it's all based on. But, uh, so then, but it, it, what it, what it ends up happening is that it's just, it's just a whole lot of like cool. I, don't get me wrong. The, like, I think like Grimlock in, in that looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've wanted to see is one of my, it's one of the transformers I care about more, but it's just a whole lot of, of robots fighting robots. Yeah. It's not, I, I that last one that came out with, uh, with Mark Wahlberg, I I enjoyed the first half of it. I really did. I thought, oh snap! Like it was for some reason. I've only I only saw it once, so I can't remember. You know, a lot of those details, but um, but I just thought, okay, it looked like there was like this agency here on Earth that was, you know, trying to use some. You know, they were trying to just kill all of the you know Transformers and and harvest them. Yeah, exactly, and then. You know, making them, you know, use them for them for themselves, and you know, for I just thought that was that was interesting enough to get me story wise. Yeah, I think it was a logical yeah next step exactly, and then and then the that first half wraps up, and we go into the second half of the movie, and then I just feel like it's a different movie. Like it just goes back to just being a bunch of explosions and like and megatron yeah it's you know it's a different i don't what's it what do they call i can't, even, I can't remember that's so true i forgot megatron was in like that. megatron becomes it's a oh gosh i don't even i can't remember what they call them but anyway you know it just becomes just autobots versus Decepticon. Mega, like, yeah and and i mean maybe that's just an issue that the transformers movies are going to always run into that it's always got to be autobots decepticons mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I think, and you know, kind of like thinking through like other examples, and this is one that hasn't come out yet. But the the most like after the newest Star Trek trailer came out, the Star mm-hmm. Trek Beyond trailer, mm-hmm. that movie or the the trailer that we see there is uh, is that it seems like it's a it's a lot of action. Yeah, that's going to be happening in that movie, and 
not so much what makes or what has at this, you know, at this point so far made the Star Trek series great. You know, from Star Trek 1 to Star Trek Into Darkness. Like, don't get me wrong, Star Trek Into Darkness, I'm not going to argue that it doesn't have action set pieces. There's the, you know, the cool fight, the cool moment where they're, you know, they're at, you know, light speed. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, the yeah. ship's getting attacked, mm-hmm. and there's a little R two D two Easter egg in there. Yes, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then you have you know the Khan and Spock fight. Yeah, and in Into Darkness, I like, like that, which is which is done well. Yeah, but I think the reason that we appreciate that fight so much is because of the weight of Spock's only like one, which is Khan. Khan just killed. Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody cares, but I <laughs> I won't spoil it. But yeah, so you know, Khan just. Killed this other character yeah. that we love. Yeah. And now we're fighting alongside Spock for revenge. Yeah. It's a big deal because Spock is, you know, normally devout of emotion. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, like, you just, this is what you did and you're going you're gonna to pay. God. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then realizing, oh, wait, this is the only way we can save this character. Yeah. So that it adds that much more weight, you know, to, to, to the threat of Khan mm-hmm. And and to the success of Spock in in this fight, and so I wonder if like the like I think this the action set pieces they have to work in tandem with the storytelling, and I think that good storytelling allows for good action set pieces. Yeah, and I'll even take it so far as to say that if the story is built up well, that the action set piece. As over the top as it may be, if you view that by itself, without any pre-context of the story, it won't feel over the top because it'll feel earned. Yeah. I think um, you kind of talked about Transformers a little bit and how like that was unnecessary. Um, I think of the uh, a good example of when the action set pieces is there and it's done right. Um, and there's like a payoff for the viewers. Like we, we were invested at that point. I just think of the whole, you know, Dark Knight trilogy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's why that that movie is so good. Like, that whole series is so good because it's not, you know, outside the realm of of, of being possible, of everything that we see in all those movies. And then mm-hmm. um, even some of the big action set pieces, I think that's why, I think that's why we enjoy them so much. Kind of like what you were saying, Cody, is like, no, that's just an add-on to this amazing story that's already being told. Mm-hmm. And so I think about like that scene, like the Joker, you know, when he's on Batman's on the bike and he flips the truck, and that that's awesome, right? And that's not necessarily like compared to what we see. That is a relatively small, yeah, set piece, yeah, quote unquote. And then I also think also like that fight between Batman and Bane, like that was not. No one would say that's over the top, you know, necessarily. Mm-mm. But that action scene was done so it was the lighting was great the sound effect they just there's no sound effects well, whatsoever I, I, except the fight the i fix. think i think that that one is done so well because of you have the, all the things that you're dealing with mm-hmm. in that moment you're dealing with one for, first off catwoman betrays <laughs> batman <laughs> yeah like yeah. you know like why is he followed up anyway but yeah. uh so you know you have catwoman betray batman and then you have batman coming to the realization that Bane is very much more powerful than him that mm-hmm. you know that his worst fears are realized and then just the the dialogue that Bane has in that saying you know saying like the I wondered what would break first yeah you know and and that he's he's built up his armory 
you know, yeah. or he's built up his layer underneath Batman's armory and then thinking through the implications of that. And then ultimately, you know, that fight ends with Batman losing. Yeah, that was great. Like, I think that's why um, if you do it right, it doesn't even have to be over the top. But if you just do your action scenes right, you know, it really does pay off for you as, as you know, as you're watching it as the viewer. Um, I was going to say, Cody, I was going to say, I think what we see now with all these big action set pieces and um i think i think what we've seen lately cody with these over the top action set pieces is that people are like are kind of growing tired of of all of them and now the studios and the writers and the producers and all that are kind of using that almost to you know be the base of their storyline for their their next movies Mm -hmm. you know so like i'm thinking about you know, Captain America, I'm thinking about um, Batman v Superman. And, yeah. You know, all these other movies that I know are going to come out soon, too. But they're all thinking, OK, people started just realizing, like, who's going to be held responsible for all of this? You know, like, who's going to, you know, who's going to pay the consequences of of doing all that? And I think now it's just that's the logical. That's the next layer to go to is now we have to unpack that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, which I think, and I, I think that that whole you know debate is what is what's gonna make. I I don't have a lot of confidence in Batman v Superman, so I won't talk about. It. I'll talk more about Civil War. Yeah, uh, but uh, but I think that's you know that's kind of the the what's going to be interesting is unpacking that. Well, you know, if if like you know Tony Stark says in the trailer for that, if we're if we're not held accountable, we're just as but good as the bat, or we're just as we're just like the bad guys. We're no yeah. better than the bad guys. And it, I think that's definitely a conversation that, you know, like, you know, I was actually saying to you before we recorded this, like, with Avengers, why is it after after the seed, you know, at the end of the Avengers, there, it seems like people are more interested in the Avengers, you know, like, and mm-hmm. these, these heroes saving them and whether or not they're good. Than they are with the fact that there's aliens <laughs> from another planet yeah. that just appeared out of from a hole in the sky. Yeah. Like, so what's it, you know, anyway, ridiculous. <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I think that that is, a, you know, that kind of, you know, like unpacking that is great. And I think that that will make for, that will make for good, you know, conflict and good action pieces because, you know, just understanding the, the conflict between even, you know, within civil war, not even about the about the issue, just the conflict between friends. You know, mm-hmm. between Tony and Cap. So. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I think I'm excited. I think that's the question of who's held accountable, um, and who's you know the the set of consequences that that um, you know who's gonna who's gonna pay the price for all this. Like who's held who you know who's held responsible. I think that's gonna be fun to unpack in these next couple of movies and. I think that's going to be the we're going to see a little a little bit of that being kind of being the trend. I feel like that almost everyone's going to is going to start asking that question and just, you know, in some form or, or another that, um, yeah, like that's that's not you, you can't just do that and just then go home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you think like because X-Men Apocalypse, obviously the threat is really big, like, mm-hmm. you know. With apocalypse, I mean, apocalypse is like the end of the world, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I, do you think that maybe the next X Men movie could be dealing with that? And because remember, like, or just thinking through the timelines, mm-hmm. 
we have the X-Men Apocalypse is set during the 80s. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So then it's the logical conclusion is that the next X-Men movie will be taking place in the 90s. Yeah, I don't. I and don't, then, and then we're up, and then we're caught up to the two thousands, where you know the first X Men movie is like they're this when they fight Magneto. Well, they're, yeah, they're fighting mm-hmm. Magneto, but I'm thinking more particularly, like the issue in that is dealing with the actual like mutants. You know, the registration. The, or yeah, not. the registration. You know, should should they be allowed? Mm-hmm. Should we just round them all up? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know, I don't know where that with the X-Men franchise, how that plays into it. Because I think that's the underlining story arc is always with the mutants, you know, just, the, you know, are they, you know, what should we do with the mutants? And it's yeah. just like, well, you know, at the core of it, like, okay, what rights do the mutants have? What rights do humans have? Who's over who? Is there a way of living in harmony or not? And mm-hmm. so I think that's, um, there's a sense of, not necessarily accountability for, you know, the destruction that's be, that's happening around them, but I think at the heart of that franchise, it's always going to be, hey, how do we live at peace with one another? And I think that's where the tension is with that. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. You know, we'll see how that apocalypse comes out. You know, later this summer, and we'll see how it sets up. I don't know if the next movie is if they're just going to go by decade. Leading I mean, up. that's just kind of the trend. Yeah, the trend. Yeah, yeah. Not but necessarily. I mean, they. You know, they can just go skip the, that. Yeah. I would assume that they would do that because now they have all these young, this young crew of X-Men. That makes sense. To be the character. Like, they obviously the can't cast. really go. I mean, with that Days of Future Past, it's tricky because, you know, time traveling. It's 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 tough. It's but anyway, tough anyway. So, uh, but that is our episode for Heroes and over-the-top action set pieces. Let us know of some times where you think the action set pieces feel earned and that they feel like they have that they're worth it and the payoff mm-hmm. is there on social media. There's always a couple ways you can do that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at heroes underscore and like us on Facebook and tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash heroes and or you can email us at heroes and podcast at gmail.com. Just want to give you guys the new comics are coming out February 24th, 2016. We have The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, issue number 3 coming out. We also have Street Fighter X G.I. Joe number 1. Um, the covers, I've seen some of the variant covers for that. All of those look incredible. We also have Justice League 48 coming out. And then lastly, we have all new, all different Avengers number six. Uh, what we see with this issue, issue number six, is that's the the last part of the first story arc of this new Avengers run. All right. And as much as you can, we'd appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, review, and share our episodes on social media or with your other geek friends. Thank you so much for listening to Heroes And. I'm Cody. And I'm Andy. And, and we're, we're out. out.